Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens, so prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Reviews are greatly appreciated because they help the podcast grow. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Hey, this is Naza Kawaja, and here's my story that I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Naza underscore K. That's at N-A-Z-H-A-H underscore K. Follow The Demurist on Facebook and Instagram and listen in on our podcast where we like to address and dismantle taboo topics. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Sincerely us and of woman nature. If there's one message that I can leave you with, it would be to do you. Be true, be humble, work hard, and do you. I am an individual. I am a mompreneur. I am a leader. I am a trap star. Hi, I'm Dr. Heidi from Coaching with Dr. Heidi. My mission is to provide hope, healing, and freedom for those whose lives have been affected by toxic relationships, emotional abuse, and narcissistic behavior. If you or someone you know may be living or dealing with a relationship that may be unhealthy for them, go to coachingwithdrheidi.com and take the toxicity profile analysis to see how toxic traits of others may be affecting you. You can also follow me on Facebook or Instagram coaching with Dr. Heidi. And also I have my own podcast on all the major platforms called It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Let's stay connected. You deserve to understand your situation. Hey, this is Christina Fernandez. I'm the co-founder of Artist Replete. And here's our story that I'm sharing on the Trip Life podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter at artistreplete.com. We hope you enjoy our story. And remember, some traditions were made to be broken. Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens, so prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Reviews are greatly appreciated because they help the podcast grow. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Hello, everybody. My name is Kendra Nalwega Booker. I am super excited to be in this episode of Trip Life today. So thank you so much, Pete, for this awesome opportunity. Um, I look forward to sharing a little bit of my background. I'm an African immigrant who speaks multiple languages from Uganda, Rwanda, and just pretty much the um, East African area. So I'm very excited to talk about that and my interests that um, inspired me to study linguistics as an undergraduate. Right now, I'm currently working on my doctorate in curriculum and instruction. 
And I have two concentrations, language and literacy and technology. So I'm very interested in um, doing work in the future with education, technology and language. Um, but for now, I'm super excited to be on this podcast and feel free to follow me on social media. I'm Afrikendra08 on Twitter and Instagram. And it's just Kendra on Facebook, Kendra Booker. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello? We are on. We are on. Okay. I thought we were about to have a problem, man. <laughs> Anchor, stop giving me. Yeah, man. Yeah, that we we never we never gonna let we never gonna let it uh it, it stop it stop yes. things from happening. So stop the we are good to go, man. We are good to go. I know we had some difficulties there, but we're good to go. We're good to go. We're here. Well, I just want to thank you. We have the one, the only, uh, Darnell Brown of Bulletproof Hustle with us. Uh, it's to me, it's become one of the most uh, motivational entrepreneurial business uh, podcasts that I know of that I listen to on a regular basis. It's part of my repertoire. So um, thank you for that. Thank you for just putting that out there in that the atmosphere of the world. Um, we need that. You know, it's it's excellent for uh, its objectives because you are it's short but it's impactful and i like the rhythmic tones that you use it's almost like it could be like slam poetry oh wow, oh, wow. yeah you have, the, wow. you have the great voice for it it comes through i feel everything you say and i think everyone feels everything you say so oh wow I, well man i do uh i very much appreciate the warm words um it, it is always it is always uh, powerful and and just humbling to know to know that this stuff is is reaching people. You know, one person at a time. And to not, I'm not really focusing on on analytics and stuff too much because I still feel like I have to I have to earn people's trust and I have to own, yes. I have to earn my own confidence in myself as well too. And I have to continue to practice at it and, and see what kind of what is sticking, what makes sense for people, and so. Yeah, I just you know one one person at a time, and and if I could if I could make it come off the way that I intended to, which is like I'm just sitting in front of a single person, I'm just sitting one to one and having a one to one conversation with you, um, and and ultimately if I can if I can continue to do that and it be that intimate, then then that's a success in and of itself. Yes. And, um, and and the last thing, the last thing I just wanted to say to that end, just with, with regards to you know your comments about it, was that I realized that at, at the end of the day, I really am am speaking, I'm speaking to myself. Like I'm I'm saying the things that I most need to hear, all at a time. So I'm I'm like almost stepping outside of myself and having a conversation with the person in the mirror. So everything that I'm talking about. I'm I'm taking heed of it myself, so I'm just I'm almost like becoming who I need to be to to speak to the person that I am at my core, which is you know we we have the same insecurities and the same um, challenges and and beliefs and issues and just we we are connected in that side of of humanity. And I just have to create the person that I need to become 
until I until I really am that person one thousand percent. I'm like that person ninety nine percent, the same the same person that you hear on the podcast. Right. But my secret, my secret, the way I do it is that I just I do it in the way that makes sense to me and the way that I would like to receive messages. So I just do it for that reason. And then if it connects to some person and if there's somebody else on the other end besides myself, then that's a beautiful thing. And um, it's, it's a humbling thing. And I hope I hope that is I can continue to do it for as long as people will have me. Man, I love that. Um, I I really relate to what you just said because that's kind of why I started this podcast. Um, oh, okay. Trap life, yeah. Yeah, so the reason I started was really... Yes, sir, we are on. Back at it, okay. Back at it. But to finish up with our, you know, our little tangent here, our great tangent... But um, what I was saying is, at their core, they're both performers. And I think in their backgrounds, the right. coming up as a comedian, coming up as a professional wrestler, all that is performance. Right. right. Yes. Yes. So Absolutely. their content is performance-based. So that's yes. why they're able to do t- both. Practice both. Uh, as right. As a right. Right. Creator, right. Get that. And a promoter, yeah, because yes. they're because they're performers, they're performers yes. and entertainers. Copy that. Yes, I get it. You're right. You're right. That that totally makes way more sense now, and way better put than I put it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, because but well, that was I mean that was just a really good distinction to make. I think just to that was a really simple way to put it is that, yeah, like when you, when you have both of those sides kind of playing it together, if you have both content creator and promoter, you're, you're, you're probably either an entertainer or a performer to some extent. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's certainly even less than, than just being either a content creator or a promoter. It's like even less of those that are both um, and do it really well. And that are just, brands onto themselves so but yeah shout out to those two shout out to those two huge huge influences um in my work and in my life and uh yeah who knows hopefully we'll get to chop it up one day yes yes we will definitely have to introduce you to both of them one day get make that happen we're going to speak that into the universe speak that into the universe let's go ahead and affirm that one yes we're going to send that off okay (laughs) So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, transferable skill sets. That's a big theme on the, of this podcast okay? and of the Trap Life brand. And what I mean by transferable skill sets are things that you can do in different disciplines. So for you, going from graphic design to getting into cosmetic skincare and mm-hmm. maybe some other things that you're thinking about dabbling in or that you have, you know, kind of tried out. Mm-hmm. What was transferable and what was just kind of discipline driven? So, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Okay. I think, I think that um, I, w- I would certainly say a lot of, a lot of the, tangents that I've went off on have been very transferable. They felt like the natural evolution 
to my personality type, to my interest, to my strengths and weaknesses and lessons, right? So when, when I mentioned earlier that I've always been drawing all my life, um, I've remained, I've remained an artist into adulthood. I've, I've did, I've came, you know, became a, the solution to that problem that Picasso was talking about in that famous quote of his. But when, when, when you start out as an artist and then you go through schooling and you're trying to turn that into a career path, you, you kind of left with some options at that point because it's just like, okay, well you could, okay, what type of artist do you want to be? Do you want to do paintings? Do you want to have your own gallery? Do you want to sell your work to museums? Do you want to be a sculptor? You have so many different paths and stuff ahead of you, but you also have to make a wise business decision because you're going to be out there on your own. So for me, that was why I turned to graphic design and went to college for graphic design specifically. And then it became, okay, how do I take what I knew how to do in the two-dimensional world with pen and paper and put that on a vertical screen in front of me and draw lines that are very much don't feel anything like how I was used to drawing. that so transfer like when you what was transferable like that was that was one thing that was because at the end of the day it was still being able to 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 make a form of art i'm just using new tools that's it right so whether i'm using before i was using a pen or acrylic paint or chalk and now i'm just using a mouse it's just a different tool but the imagination is there the core the core of, um, of that skill set is still present. So then when I did graphic design and then I, ha I had landed my first job coming out of school and I did that for four years. And then I was, um, I was trying to continue to grow and challenge myself. And I kind of peeked out where I was at that job just in terms of everything that I could learn that was I didn't feel like that there was much more room for me to improve. So I needed to get up out of that. And then that, that just kind of transferred itself to, to doing like the entrepreneur thing and starting to freelance and say, okay, everything that I've, all these projects that I've done, everything that I've learned from these past four years, this job of doing the design work, can I do this on my own? Can I handle a handful of clients a year? and really make a living out of this. Cause could I do it alone? Could I? Um, and, and the answer was I could, but it was because it was certainly transferable. It was, it was like a natural progression. It was like a new level. It was a new peak with the, with the cosmetic stuff. That was probably one of the ones that was, um, that had a little bit more discipline into it more than transfer, I was still able to transfer everything I had learned about branding and, you know, design, French freelance design, moving into branding and brand strategy and saying, okay, now it isn't only about your website or your logo, or your marketing materials, but it's also about the psychology of who you're trying to reach and 
earning customers trust and things like that and and demographics and psychographics so it became a much different game than just designing visuals i was able to apply all of that into l'atelier into my podcast into my new programs and, and products and things like that i was able to take all of that and just put that all together but there's certainly a discipline side to it that you you have to constantly keep in mind and constantly keep working at because it's just not going to happen to you if you don't go out and get it yourself and you do have to be at a point where you can say okay is this something i can handle at this point Am I overwhelming myself? Am I still interested in this? Is this something I can see myself doing for a while? Um, that type of thing is, is, is many layers. There are many layers to it. It's not just the fact that it's transferable, but you also got to make sure that things make the right business sense to you so that you reach your goals and um, you reach your goals and the timelines that you set. So for me, the discipline side really kicked in when I thought about, okay, multiple revenue streams and why that was important. And once I realized that, once I realized that a lot of people that I was influenced by had multiple streams, I was like, huh, okay, there's this whole nother world out here. Now I need to apply everything I learned about design into designing a lifestyle, into designing an entrepreneurial lifestyle that works well. Everything about design, everything about lines and colors became analogous with trying to design a lifestyle and put connecting dots and seeing what isn't there, working through the subtlety of things and saying, okay, Darnell, I need to be as interested into designing this lifestyle of mine and these multiple streams so that I'm not at the mercy of any one client so that I can earn money in my sleep, so that I can get as much value as I can squeeze out of my own talents. I have to be as obsessed with that as I'm obsessed about just normal designing or normal, you know, the skincare line or podcasting. I have to be obsessed about it because I need to learn everything that I can in my short time living here. And and especially with so many different distractions. I I had to make a conscientious effort to say, I need to be more disciplined. I need to soak in all of the knowledge that I can. I need to educate myself every single day, day in, day out on how to be a better business person and make wiser choices since I felt like I, I didn't make the best decisions before anyway. So I had to learn from those mistakes. But going forward, the secret was to be to really be conscientiously um, disciplined and obsessed with the idea of designing a lifestyle now, designing something way beyond what I did before. And perhaps everything that I went through in my life groomed me to becoming to that point. Because that's the other thing that I hear um, about the really successful entrepreneurs is that your path, dude, your path is like so sometimes so far beyond what you thought it was like 10 years ago. And you really don't know what you end this life to do until it all kind of just clicks. So everything that I was doing with art might have might have been led me to being, 
I don't know, like a motivational speaker or something, for instance. And they and they not they're not really they don't really have much to do with each other for the most part, but you can kind of see that natural progression if I give you the story of my life. And that's just a really fascinating thing that you can think that your life is outlined one way and you can have all of these plans and you can work towards those things, but you'll you'll probably end up in a place far more interesting and rewarding if you sit there and reflect and be like, huh, out of everything that I did and everything that I tried, this is what's resonating with people. Like out of everything, and I tried so many things. I tried t-shirts and I tried wall art and I was just like, wow, is, is this gonna work? Is this gonna work? And things that I didn't give all of my energy. And I'm just like, these were half-baked ideas and I felt bad about like not going all the way through with them. Out of everything, like this was the thing, my voice, not, not me drawing, like that's crazy. That's crazy when you sit there and think about it. So I just, I just want, people to realize that and to realize that that's cool and stuff too but but oftentimes is you know life just kind of throws you in a, in a really interesting direction sometimes and it's not always what you think is going to resonate with people that does resonate with them and when it does you know you can make that decision at that point to say okay this is what I'm this is what I'm okay with being known for this is what I'm okay with doing for the rest of my life I thought that I was good at this. I thought that I loved this, but no, this is a far more rewarding experience. So. Man. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Bulletproof. <laughs> trap life. Trap life. Yeah, trap yes. life. Yes. Yes. We are promoting. <laughs> we are Dwayne Barack Johnson. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Shout out, today. shout out to Wayne and Kevin. Shout out. We are them today. I'm yes, up here sir. calling them by their first name as if I know them personally. Yeah. Shout, shout out, out, shout out to Wayne Johnson. Shout out Kevin Hart. Sorry about that, y'all. Yeah, no, no disrespect. Those are the those are the homies, man. <laughs> those, those are the boys. You know. Yeah. Go play golf with them. You know, in 2022. You know. 2021. Just you know? it's just three years from now, man. It's just three yeah, years. That's yeah. It. It's just it's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's a big That's golf it. tournament. That's why it's not soon. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. It's, yeah. <laughs> but uh, give us some books, like influential books, like three or five influential books that resonate. Yeah, with you. man. Um, yeah. So I don't. Uh, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can pull up. Um. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna try to do this. I'm gonna try to do this off memory first. Okay. So, for sure, books, and because yeah, I'm really bad at author at um, at author names, but better at just like book titles. So y'all might have to do some research. Me too. And then and then um, you know we'll we'll link we'll link to what we find in the show notes, y'all. So I'll, I'll send um, I'll send Pete this stuff uh, after we get off this call, but. Some some books and stuff that uh, that really that really impacted me. Okay, I gotta. So, the obstacle is the way. Um, I really don't want to butcher this guy's name if I'm wrong, but I believe his name is Ryan Holiday. That is Ryan uh, Holiday. Okay, that is Ryan Holiday. That's definitely definitely top ten books. Um, that that came to t- because a lot of things. It's like. Some things may not be the best books, but it's about like the time in which you read them and what's yeah. going on in your life. So a it's book just like that's going on that resonates with what your life 
yes. is looking like. Yes, yes that yes. coincides with all that. Yes, it exactly. It's different than just a good book that you're reading at the wrong time. Exactly. So that that one was hand. That is definitely top ten. Definitely top ten. Um, I'm going to definitely say that everybody should read that one. Uh, another one that I really definitely going to put in top 10 people over pro- uh, profit. I think his name is Dale Partridge. Um, that was a really good book. It really, that was a game changer in the sense of it made me think about um, just this, the concept that he called generosity of, of just doing things without any regard for expectations or being salesy or anything and just the power of just being generous with people and so humble with it humble to the point that you're not even that you like doing things on the slot right that you that you might be in a grocery line where it could be something as simple as being in a grocery line one day and paying for the person behind you and then walking out before they get a chance to thank you and like 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 not even not even and i'm just like how can you how can you be that like humble and what you do to like not even not even expect any credit to like leave notes and stuff for people and like you know don't don't even like wait to see the reaction of the person like just do things anonymously and stuff and I'm like man that's amazing and that was just like one element of that book but uh, I really liked that one uh, a lot it taught me um, just yeah the power of generosity that was a big one and about putting people over profit that was the big thing like the people um, and our connections and our humanity and our relationships with one another are way more important than um, than being in business just for profit. So shout out to that book. Um, another top one. Wow, a top. Some really good books because I read so many ones every day. Oh, okay. So I'm going to just shout out, uh, what's her name? Bernadette Jiwa. Bernadette Jiwa. She's overseas. We're, we're in the United States, y'all, if y'all don't know that. Um, I think she's over in Australia, but all of her books. She has like five or six out now, but she was the one who really got me on the path of, um, of using, using authentic storytelling as my marketing tool of choice. Okay. And, and with all of the people that I work with, of using the concept of helping people become the heroes of their own stories. And... Yeah using that kind of as your catalyst for earning trust. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode about earning trust and about just telling stories and stuff and, and being in it for those reasons, all of her books. Um, I think some of them, um, let me just go off, a, off memory. One of the titles, um, she has a lot of storytelling. Oh yeah. The fortune cookie principle. That's one of her books. That's certainly one of them. The fortune cookie principle, um, uh, the hunch is another one of them, but yeah, her books are really, really short. And I think that she basically compiles her blog posts that she writes over a period of time into a book. So it's like, so okay. it's extremely, it's extremely digestible. All of her content, like each chapter is like two or three pages. I'm like, this is perfect. This is like, this is like the Something written version of my podcast. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a brilliant idea to create a book out of that. And they're always, the prices are great. Like I found all her books at like one ninety nine. It was like insane or something. Like oh, love her stuff. Okay. Love her stuff. Uh, she's a huge influence. Um, shout out Bernadette. Uh, yeah, so she's a good look. 
And one last one, um, if I had to come up with one off of the top, that's some really, really good books that I recommend that y'all read. Man, there's so many. And I got a list that are in my favorites. So let me tap into that right now. Literally, while we are on the line real quick, it won't take me anything. But second, I'm already inside the app with my favorite books. So... People over profit. I told you that. I told you the obstacles away is a, is a good one. I'm gonna throw in David Goggins can't hurt me. I'm gonna throw okay. that in there. I'm gonna throw That's... that in there as top ten books because okay, I need to read it then. Because yeah, I've been man, it... it off. I've been putting that one. Yeah, off. man, you and you and you probably have seen it kind of everywhere anyway. Like the book has kind of caught yeah. fire. It, it's and... on my wish list uh, for my uh, in my Audible account, but yeah, man, I I uh, that that is in my favorites because every time after I finish my books on my Kindle app, I have different collections. <laughs> So if I really love a book, I put it in my favorite collection. So I'm able to easily refer to it like for when you ask that question. But right. the reason I the reason I put his book in there as a as a kind of a must read is that his was the big one that that was just like he's the he's the practitioner and not a theorist. He's yes. the guy that is that that really um that really most resembles and parallels like my philosophy of, of walking the walk, of trying everything that you preach, of not simply just going off of education, not simply going off of someone telling you how it's done, of doing it by yourself. So all of his stuff with his marathons and his triathlons and all of the ways that he pushed himself, all of his failures, they're all documented in there. So it just makes you like, it's just like, man, this guy, this guy did it. There's, there's somebody else out there that shares that same spirit, that shares that same drive and willingness to say, it doesn't matter. And he's telling you too. He's telling you in the book, it don't matter what he say. It don't matter what you think about the book. It don't matter what you learn from it. You need to put the book down and do what makes you uncomfortable. And he's just like, you know, work on your weaknesses, not your strengths. You're already good at your strengths. What you need to be working on is the things that you're not good at. And that's really the only way that you're going to learn more about yourself. So huge influence, great book. Um, it's a lot of course language in there. So for those that are not into that, that's going to be hard for them to get through. I will say that. I don't know if he has an edited version of the book available, but it's raw. I, 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 I like stuff that's raw. So, you know. Yeah, listening to interviews of him, I doubt he has an edited version or if you would be interested in that. Yeah, like yeah, exactly, exactly. And you, and you go, you go to his social profiles, and I'm just like, he's the exact same guy. Like he's, he's running, he's running while somebody is recording, <laughs> and he's giving you, and he's, and he's kind of, you know, giving you wisdom. But you always see him doing something at the same time. Like he's always working out or going through something rigorous. And I'm just like, man, that's like insane. And that's just uh, such a, um, yeah, such a. Uh, a great influence um, and example. And uh, yeah, shout out to David Goggins. Yeah, his book, um, great, great book. Okay. So this is kind of gonna sound random, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. What city are you in again? Cause I forget. So I'm in, uh, I'm in, I'm outside of Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, you're outside of Charlotte. 
Yeah. Can you kind of tell us about the entrepreneurial environment or climate of Charlotte, North Carolina? Yeah, great, uh, great, great question. I feel like the entrepreneurial um, culture here is is really strong, actually, and I have not. I unfortunately have not gotten to milk it for all it's worth. I've not gotten to get out to many events over these past several years. I have been in a bubble and chained to my desk for like the last 10 years. And I'm just now getting to that point where I realized that, okay, Darnell, every single week, you need to take a day and just go out, just go out and have new experiences. Just drive around, there's so many free events in the city, business related, um, meeting, you know, meetups and stuff like that. So whatever interest. So it's like, there's always opportunities to just get out and meet new people. And I said, I need to be doing it. I need to get out of the office and stuff a lot more, at least once a week and just spend the whole day being out in the field. So anyway, with the, um, with the entrepreneurial side, you I see it like, when I'm when I'm on the meetups website, you just see all of the different things going around on on around in Charlotte. With respect to the business side, there are tons of networking events like every single day. And Charlotte is a growing city, so it's bringing in a lot of commerce anyway, and people that are interested in doing business here. So it's really good for the climate. I feel like in my immediate vicinity. Um, in my immediate one, I feel like it's like half and half in terms of um, entrepreneurs and people that are entrepreneurial spirited and minded and and those that are not that way, not a knock against them at all. It's, this life isn't for everybody. So I'm definitely not knocking that. I'm just saying that in terms of my peers and um, and people that I need to be around, I absolutely feel like I need to be around more of them than I than I have been. And I feel like if I had been, I would be further along on my path than where I am now because, because of osmosis, simple, for simple fact right. of osmosis. My issue is entrepreneurs must support other entrepreneurs. Yes, you gotta support, you gotta support each other and you also need to be around the people that you, that you um, and model the behavior of the people in the positions that you want to be in, right? Pure That's accountability why they call it. as well. Right. Pure accountability. That's why that's why it's called being um, the, the, the dumbest person in the room so that you can constantly absorb. So just by osmosis alone, if you are the, um, the summarization of your closest five friends. Yeah, my my thing is, is it's not that I'm not around the right people is that I'm not around people at all that much. Right. Unfortunately, so I need so I, so what I that's why I said I had to make that conscious effort to say, okay, Darnell, you know, though I could, though I love doing what I do, and I could, you know, now in this new path with podcasts, and I could just sit in the booth all day and record because I love it that much, and I like my life of anonymity and being in my solitude because I'm just really comfortable in my own skin. But I also need to get out and be having some new conversations and making new connections because magic happens at that point. So I know that I have to make a conscious effort to be around more entrepreneurs. And I especially need to be around entrepreneurs who are further along and that can give me game 
and that who honestly want to see me succeed and stuff as well. And I will give back as well, too. I won't just be a tear. I'm not just going to be freeloading with it. I need to offer value to the same circles as well, too. And so the good thing is that everybody that you meet knows something that you don't. So I know I have things to offer them as well, too. So it's a good look. I just got to get out. I joined a networking group last year where they have meetups once a month. So it's 12, 12, 12 to 24 meetups a year. And I haven't been to any of them. I'm terrible. And it's August. I told y'all I'd be failing, man. I told y'all <laughs> about that. I told y'all I'd be failing about some stuff. And that's just like one thing. So, yeah, absolutely, dude, man. That's where you're I, at that 90%, right? Yeah, at that 90%. You know, I can't be perfect. So I, I, I said I, I feel like the um, the spirit is good and stuff here. But I, I absolutely, Pete, I absolutely need to be around more of them, more than I have been. I need to be, I need to be with those people like once a week. I got a million other things on my plate right now, and I definitely don't need to add anything. So I will have to trade off something to make that work. I'll need to be like, okay, on Wednesdays, Wednesdays is my day to be out in the field. I'll work, but I got to work off my laptop. And I definitely need to um, just have a conversation because that's the good thing. Like I said, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an extrovert. I just, my introverted side, I just, I guess I'm in love with that more and something. I just really dig cooling out, being to myself and being, um, and just processing things, just thinking about things and just being present with things and the simple things in life and all of that. Kind of like the anti-entrepreneurial lifestyle. So it's, but when I get out of these doors, it's like, okay, yeah, it's time, it's time, it's time to do business to a certain extent, but most importantly, it's time to build relationships. It's time to learn some new things and get in some new circles. So let's do this. So that's my answer to that. Man. I think all of us kind of struggle with that. You get so in your own ecosystem, right? your own eco chamber your own your own world that uh it's hard to get out there and see people like with the podcast i started talking to people that i haven't seen in a while you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like on your last episode yeah the uh um the woman that you had interviewed the, the um the uh the one that has the islamic foundation y'all are friends or something like that yes yeah amra so yeah yeah, so yeah. I have yeah, yeah, and, and I that's haven't the, talked to her and like I think we haven't talked since like 2017. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um no, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's just like it's just like you said, like you you really have to make a conscientious effort, especially as we do, like we get comfortable in our ego chambers. It's safe, it's cozy. And that's the and that's the juxtaposition. It's just like, how can you be that much of an entrepreneur? And I'm this far along in my journey, but I would be like twice as far along if I was just out more, if I had built more relationships, real ones with real, not with real people. What I meant to say was people that I could see face to face and stuff versus right. just remote relationships. Right. I would absolutely be much further because they would have saved me some of the things that I went through. But I didn't know that hindsight is always twenty twenty. But I'm young. I mean, I, I still got time. But um, but yeah, I absolutely need to be doing things for the betterment of both of my businesses because I need to share that stuff with more people. And you get in here online and you go down the rabbit hole, man. That's why I have Pomodoros in the first place. 
right? Time just seems to fly by and it's so much, it's so addictive and it's so much things that kind of feed your ego and your appetite and these endorphins are rushing straight through you when people like your stuff and comment on it and you want to respond to that person and and engage with them and next thing you know, whoop, it's seven o'clock at night, like there's another day. You didn't get to do that thing, so. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just being real, man. And and, and I don't man. even need to say that. I don't even that. need to say I'm just being real because I'm always that way. I'm gonna but I don't that, even need but to But that's that. what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. I mean it's just showing you both sides. It's just like, man, we all going through our things. You can get in your own way sometimes, just being in your head too much sometimes. Sometimes there's a thing as being too reflective, too introspective, right? Mm, mm. Absolutely. That absolutely is. And so, and, and that's the thing is that you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be, um, you gotta be conscientious enough. You gotta be present enough with yourself just to even have that conversation, to even know what you're missing in your life, to even be able to say, yep, yeah, darn it, I messed up. Like, I really need to be doing this. I bought, I spent an annual fee on networking events and I didn't even go to a single one yet. That was a waste of money. And, and I didn't live up to what I said I would do, which is that I would get out once a week. So I should be at, I should be at like, you know, 30 times in at this point, I hadn't even got my first one. So I'm failing on that one. Um, but I'm learning from it and I would do better y'all. I'm, I'm proclaiming that. So I'm going to hold myself accountable. It's documented. It's on this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll check in with you about that too, you know. Absolutely. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that accountability. We we all need it, big bro. So I'm here for it. But uh what? Yeah, okay. So you know, a part of this podcast is hip hop. Okay. So what what are your experiences? What are some hip hop experiences from Darnell Brown? Hip hop experiences, well, uh, a, a little known a little known fact out there is that uh, I was I was actually at a point in my life I was I was a I was a hip hop artist myself and I was um, writing and and producing songs and rapping and stuff and rapping about topics that appealed to me and stuff at that point and what I knew. Um, but I, but I have left that life alone since that point, I guess I retired, but I never made it anyway. I never made it all the way on anyway, but that was a lot of that entrepreneurial spirit. And again, just trying things, just seeing what I'm made of. Um, so that was, I dibbled in that and stuff for, for a few years, but in 2019, here, here today, um, man, I really don't listen to much of it, actually, man. I don't listen to much hip-hop music, but I'm still, like, I still dig hip-hop culture, though. And right. there, there's more to it than just the music side. And so, like, I like, I like, I like hip-hop instrumentals and stuff like that a lot, so I'll be vibing to some beats probably more than I might be listening to some songs. And then you know, just clothing, like hip hop clothing and just black culture and stuff, right? And and just our impact and stuff on the world. Like I'm always going to have a soft spot for that and the, and certain elements of, of hip hop um, and certain eras of, of the hip hop music. 
I got I got a lot of love for and stuff. Um, I mean, the only other thing I'll add to that is that th- throughout it all, ever since ever since I was in the ninth grade back in '99, when I first when I first heard Eminem um, and his music, it, it kind of like he's he's kind of been a constant, um, just in terms of me coming into adulthood and and uh, and having having been a fan of his music for so long. And just his story, right? His story that that was that was basically his autobiography in Eight Mile. But just kind of him, and and I'm just like this guy, <laughs> this guy, man. I'm just like the story of how how much you have to have loved hip hop for everything that you went through in your life, and then to get to where you are, and to still have that much love just for lyricism and just the culture. And I'm just like. I don't think, hands down, he, he might, he is certainly amongst the probably the very few of the people who love hip hop music more than anyone else in the world. That much is clear. Secondly, um, again, like I said, just the story alone of being the outcast, of being the outsider, of being like dorky looking, and this is not, this is not your culture. We don't even want you in this. And having to prove yourself, having to earn that trust, Pete, having to earn it and get up on in front of these stages and throw up on yourself and and uh, get battled on and get clowned in all of these different types of ways and to go through all of that and then to, to be amongst the elite as in top 10, objectively speaking, of MCs, of lyricists and hip hop, unquestionably, to where you're... you're your race and stuff don't even matter. It's almost like an inverse of um, of a black story, in my opinion, um, in, in a certain in a certain degree and stuff. So I really just um, dig that, Absolutely. and I dig. Amen. And so I, I, inverse of a traditional African. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a, complete, it's a complete inverse, and it's a complete. And, and I'm just like, how can, how can you love something that's so like? I, I guess you, yeah, he certainly grew up poor, but I'm just like, how he was introduced to the music and the fact that it hit him in that way and that he studied it and studied the greats and learned everything he could about rapping and songs. And and the fact that where he is today, like this dude is still such a lyricist. And I'm just like, he must really care, man. He might, he's, he's like obsessed with it. And that's just fascinating to me, just like I said, on a talent level and on a level of, what you can do when you're obsessed with an idea and you got bulletproof hustle. That nothing and no one is gonna tell you what you can and cannot do. If you gotta get out on this stage every day for 10 years straight, get clowned on, lose, uh, lose your memory, forget your lines and all of this stuff. I'm just like, man, that's a great story. That's a great, uh, that's a great like rags to riches or American story, however you wanna play it. Just the story alone, it sounds like a fictional character or something. It sounds like somebody, it sounds like what that movie probably Malibu's most wanted should have been like was, was his <laughs> life, but it was like completely different. It was a parody and stuff versus like the true story of this guy. So anyway, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, shout, shout out, shout out to him. Um, he, is, he is probably my favorite, uh, favorite hip hop artist. And again, you know, as most people know, he's he's not black and stuff. And I know I know that that 
still probably doesn't sit well with some people with us having created this, having created that that form of music. But um, but I tell you this, you know, he clearly worked at it and kept practicing at it and just continued studying rhyming and working and all that stuff and just kept going. And he's he's a master at it. And so it it goes to show you that number one, music should unite and it should be it should not have any boundaries. It should be universal. But then on top of that, look at the power of what you can do with diligence and with drive and with bulletproof hustle behind you that anything's possible. So um yes, that bulletproof hustle with but that yes, hip hop mentality. Yeah, and absolutely how we're just bulletproof hustle. our reality. Give me a beat. Give me a beat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, like I said, man, um, I still love hip hop music. It still is in my veins. I'm still beatboxing and stuff like every single day, uh, whether I'm in the shower or waiting on the line or something like that. It's just in me. So I'm always going to have a love for it. I appreciate it as an art form. I um, I don't I couldn't I probably I couldn't live without it. I couldn't imagine my life and stuff without it. Um, it's just that I don't, I guess, unless I'm trying to turn up a little bit or be introspective or listen to some classic material, it really is not something I chase after this day. Um, today, I'm really just kind of listening to different forms of music because I'm, I'm, I'm just testing some of my waters and my and kind of my tastes have changed and stuff a little bit. So I'm just kind of, because there's a lot of music out there, man. And music is a universal language. So it's so much bigger than that. But Hip hop is where home is, and uh, and and it means a lot to me. And um, and I would love to see it. I would love to see it continue to evolve, and continue to be a dominant um, um, music category, musical genre for sure. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm with all that. I I I love hip hop and. Uh, our backgrounds are really similar in that regard, so we'll have to talk more about that off, off pod, off cast, you know. Okay. But uh, yeah. So I know there's some funny stories behind that. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I can't remember this part too. I think you said something about this in the first episode of Bulletproof Hustle. But are you're planning on writing a book? I already have wrote a book. I've written you a already have wrote the book, right? Yeah, I've, I already have wrote the book. Yeah, Bulletproof Hustle was the book before I had, before I even had the idea for the podcast. Okay. It okay. Was, the podcast just became an extension of the brand and kind of that mindset and, and that, um, that verb of that thing to achieve, which, which is for my hustle to be bulletproof. But yeah, I have wrote that book. I wrote it in 2017. I'm working on a okay. second. I'm working a second. I'm working on a second edition of it because um, there are some things I need to improve on. But a second edition. Well, I I am working on a sequel to it as well. I got the Bulletproof Trilogy coming out. Okay. So I have a prequel. Right. I have a prequel coming out. Yeah, I've got a prequel coming out and then a sequel to it, kind of taking taking some inspiration from the way the Star Wars movies were released, kind of out of order a little bit. But I feel like there's a story about how that how that person became the bulletproof hustler. That's the name of that book. And I saw so I, I have to finish the second edition first because I want to go in and tie 
each of those 10 chapters into stories about my life since that's that was one of the um, elements of feedback that I got was that people that didn't know me personally, uh, they they felt like I could have tied my story. They wanted to know more about me because I just came out of the gate with all of this stuff and motivation, but they don't person behind it. So how can you trust what you don't know? So I have to improve that book a little bit. Um, so I'll be releasing that upon completion and then immediately moving forward into the prequel, which which is how that person that I'm talking about became the Bulletproof Hustler and then what happens after you have gained Bulletproof Hustle. And of course, I have to go through those things too. I certainly need to go through some new things so that I have those insights to share since I'm still working on my own hustle as it is too. Yes. I can't wait for the uh, the second edition, the sequel, the whole trilogy. I'm going to go buy um, Bulletproof Hustler today <laughs> oh man oh it's wow i appreciate right? that yeah it's on amazon it's on uh okay, yeah it's on, it's on it's on ibooks all of that so it's on several it's on several retailers paperback version um ibooks version i very much appreciate that from you uh pete uh yeah i i've i um i hope to do better and, and and create better books it was my first one and it was what i knew at the time and as i told y'all like and as you just learned, Pete, that book came out before I started my podcast. So everything that I've learned since that point, everything about how I failed, failed you, the people, by not sharing enough of my story, like that all came after that book. Having that when I put authentic, the second, authentic, uh, authentic storytelling, right? The authentic storytelling, which, which, which the book did, but the, the issue was that all of these years, I have not been sharing my failures with people. And I definitely haven't been sharing that much of my story. Show up and I'm talking about getting people on. But the reason I did that, it was a conscientious choice. I didn't want to make it about me, but little did I know that people wanted to know more about me. Like that was what they They can't buy into what you're talking about until they- Exactly, exactly. And I never knew that. I didn't even know that. Some people are able to just give information and you don't necessarily have to know them in order for it to well no no i actually actually i don't actually i don't now having looking back in hindsight all of the books that i love and everything that i've read every single one of them gives you context behind the person that wrote that book as well as they tie in chapters of the things that they're speaking about so they're sprinkling their own stories all throughout their materials every single time i never read a single book that didn't and i'm just like out of all the books i read before i wrote book hustle hustler now this is just now click i'm just like wow like okay you could you could think that you you could so much think on that that you just got it that you just know what you're doing and know what you're talking about and then a freaking trailer tractor trailer hits you and it's just like oh my gosh how how lame was I to not have known this ahead of time? Fortunately, a lot of other artists, uh, authors have came out with multiple editions of their books and stuff like that, refined editions, Definitely. new and improved, that type of stuff. Like I know, so I'm uh, happy. What is it? Uh, John Maxwell is like 21 uh, leadership, rules of leadership or book. He has so many books, okay. you know. But he, he he has like ten editions of that one. 
Dang, man, I didn't even know that. So, and, and that's a good thing. And that's what you, you know, you don't necessarily get afforded that opportunity with like, for instance, a music album or a movie or something. You can't create yeah. 10 editions and stuff of a movie. You might have a director's cut or, um, or a remastered album, but Nas ain't going to go back and like redo Illmatic and stuff like right. with everything that he learned and stuff before. It's like, it's a classic as it is. Don't touch it. Don't with touch it at all. Ever. Don't even touch that. Don't ever, don't ever do that. That's shout out to one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. Shout Ooh, that album is so good. Hip hop artist so of all time. Yes. 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 Nas he is, here. Yes, sir. Yes. Nah. Shout out. Shout out to him. Shout out to Nas him. So from Queen Bridge. QB. QB. So, um yeah you, you you get that opportunity in bookmaking so and, and self-publishing so i'm able to just simply open up my document and say huh okay this is what i wrote i don't want to change the essence of the book and i really don't want to change too much around if anything all i'm going in to do is really just add some supplemental material i want to go in pretty much at the end of each chapter and say look this topic when i'm talking about struggle breeds hustle this is how this is what I meant when I when I talked when I was mentioning that and this is a story a short story an anecdote of how I applied this and what it taught me. That's what I want to do for each chapter. So I need to do that for all 10 chapters cuz it's already a short book and then I'm going to release that. And then my subsequent books are all going to have that baked in from the beginning. So it's going to be a good look. And um, yeah, we just go from there. And I got a couple more books and stuff on my website as well too. Um, Twenty five mantras um, for the for the creative people and stuff out there. Things things that we believe things things that you need to remember. And then my book um, uh, ten five one, where I, where I break where I basically talk about writing that book in ten days. And. And tying it, tying that into like, okay, you need to write your book and stuff as well too. And here's what I learned. Here's the five things I learned to get that one book out. That's kind of that sig- that um, significance of the ten five one title. So, anyway, yeah, man. Man, I have to get all of those for sure. <laughs> Most definitely have to go cop those. But uh, kind of. Take us through your creative process really quickly, if you can. Yeah, so super quick. Yeah, yeah. With the uh, oh yeah, so with the writing process, um, really when it was when it was going through that one, and I probably would do it for everything that I, for the other books that I create, just because of my my limited time, was that my my process is like most artists, and and if you're an artist on the other end of this device, you you would know what I mean is that the the ideas that you have for your content don't really come in a chronological space. You're going to get ideas just from driving down the road, just from like looking, I don't know, at an animal or something at a zoo. Like you get ideas from the strangest of places and it's not all in order. So with, with Bulletproof, with, with the Bulletproof Hustler, the titles started to come to me first and they were out of order as well too. They were just like, oh man, it's a sick title. Like I should use that for something. I don't know what for, but I should tie this in. And then it just kind of started to write itself, but I had to hurry up and start organizing it. I realized I didn't have a lot of time, which is kind of the story of my life. I always got a million different things to do. So I had to 
I had to write this in a and I needed to be really disciplined with it so that I could get it done. Because too often, most of my peers, that all, all of them got a book in them, but they don't sit down and write them or they start and they don't finish up. I said, I don't want to do that, man. People have been asking me to write a book for a long time. I need to get this thing out. So I'm going to give myself 10 days. I'm going to write it, edit it, and publish it in 10 days. I don't care about marketing. I don't care about building up hype. I don't care about um, hiring, hiring a copy editor or a copywriter or getting people to read and stuff first before I release it. Similar to the podcast, I just want to do it, go through the process of it, and then at the end of the day, been like, yep, exactly what I set out to do, I achieved it. And I did it. So I kind of talk about my process in that 10 to 5 one book. That's not a shameless plug. That really is the truth, by the way. And and um, throughout my blog post that I've written over the years, I talk about that process a little bit of just kind of how to get to that point of just saying, here's what I learned. I learned that when I gave myself that tight deadline, that's how I really got it done. Books are really hard undertakings, man. It could take you years to write them. And I knew I didn't want to do that. I already felt behind. So I right. knew I had to give myself parameters. I, I talk about that. I talk about restraints. I talk about like, the um the blessing of restraints like and and how it is so such a juxtaposition to like the freedom of creative creativity and having a creative spirit is that you got to contain that a little bit because you're going to live in the clouds and you're not going to come back down to earth where everybody else lives so if you can contain it and give yourself parameters to say it's more important that i get it done rather than be perfect, then, okay, now you're on to something. Then you can start getting to work. And then you got to be disciplined, man. I sat down and I said, I don't have any time to write this book. I have no time to. So how do I hack my time? 10 days, I'm in and out in a week and a half, regardless. I also hack my time by saying, Okay, I sleep 30 minutes less each day. I get to bed on time. I wake up early first thing and start writing at 5 a.m. I see where I'm at in, the, in an hour from now. I just, you know, dump out my brain. I can re-edit it later today if I want to, or if I end up with a little bit extra time at the end of this process, I can re-edit later. But let me just write. Let me just be and get this out and not even have this be a part of my real work day because I'm getting this out of my um my morning time, my me time of getting up earlier, that whole thing about, um, you know, owning your morning so that you can win the day, that type of stuff. So that was the hardest thing for me to do is to get that book out. And if I got it done first thing in the day, I feel like I achieved so much and I just broke it down that way. And every day consecutively, I did exactly that. I wrote the book in 10 days. Um, really proud that I did it in that way and that I was able to edit it. And of course, you know, with my design background, I was able to design the cover and writing it and I and I copy edited it myself like I did everything self self like by by myself within that within that 10 days and then if it resonated with people okay boom that would be great and if it felt like a book that took me a lot longer to write that's even more awesome um so yeah that was that was my creative process for that was to was for me to realize that the inspiration was going to come from everywhere that the thoughts would come in just automatically because I'm nothing but a vessel 
but I needed to organize it and I needed to be disciplined and really just say, okay, the number one thing that I could do with these ideas that I have, the number one thing probably more than anything else is to define a timeline. Even more importantly than defining a theme, I think that the theme can come to you at the end of a writing process in some cases. But if you don't give yourself a timeline telling you, everybody I talk to, they all got books in them, but it's taking them years and stuff to write. Granted, they may be trying to go through some things and stuff as well too anyway, like there's more that they need to learn. Maybe they're doing a lot of research. Maybe they're dealing with life situations at this point. But I haven't, I don't, I haven't, I've rarely met people that I've known before they wrote a book to the point that they've written one and came out the other end. There are not many people that I know that have done that. And so um, shout out to them uh, as well, as well for doing that. Cause it's not, it's not necessarily easy. And, um, and I'm fortunate to, to have kind of content that I can pull from and work together in that way. And my biggest issue was not having the time to rather than what I wanted to write about. But I just, I just remained a vessel and I just stayed present and I just said, okay, let the words flow through me. Let me just start typing. Let me get some words down and I can worry about the rest later. I can go back and release an expanded edition later, like we talking about now. So that's the process, buddy. Okay. Okay. Just so you know, I will be reaching out to you for advice in probably October through November while I'm finalizing the book, you know, for Trap Life, the volume one. So. Absolutely, dude, man. You know, the the big thing, the big thing about me is that one, one, one thing about me is that I'm not a hoarder when it, when it comes to um, sharing knowledge and stuff with people. As you know, I give, I give a lot of information out and stuff for free. Part of that is to earn trust and stuff. And, and part of that is content marketing. But the other side of it is just being generous, man. Just wishing that if I were in your shoes, I want someone to help me out and just, just really like community over competition, number one. Number two, entrepreneurs helping other entrepreneurs. Number three, you should share it, man. Like, just because you share it, it don't even mean that everybody's going to even act on it all the way. So I don't really be thinking about like NDAs or like trying to, um, you know, specifically say, oh, okay, like you got to hop on a consulting call with me. I talk to you, that type of stuff. I kind of look at the relationship and stuff that I'm working with and seeing what a person is really doing. You inviting me onto your podcast is a good look. So I'm definitely going to throw that back to you and, and talk with you and tell you what I learned and how I failed at and, and some things when it came to my first book. So I'm absolutely happy to be a part of your, part of your journey. I'm honored that, you, that you'll be asking me for that. And I will absolutely do my authentic best to steer you in the right direction. I don't want to see you fail. I want to see you get out your ideas too, Pete. Man, I appreciate you, big bro. Appreciate it. Did you have any Sorry. question? Like, this is the mainstay of the podcast as well. I've asked you a lot of questions. Did you have any questions for me that you wanted to throw my way? I did. I did have some questions. Okay. But you, you will, <laughs> we will have to pick this up on the next call because this, this uh, is going to, because it's I, at 58 minutes. It's at 58, but I, I think we can roll with it a little bit. You I, sure? Because I, 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 I thought you said it stops at an hour long. 
it it goes over. I had oh, it does go over. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did. I've done ninety minutes before. I've done uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Is one twenty-two or something like that? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, all right, right. so, 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 definitely got to cut that out. (laughs) Definitely snippet that out. My bad. My bad, Pete. My bad. No, no, no. Yeah. Please snippet that out. Um, Okay. So, so questions. Yeah. So, questions for you. Um, just kind of off of, off of the top of my head, kind of in real time with you was, was that um, I'm really interested. I think to, to know. You know, like. What is your one of your biggest pain points in life right now at, at this exact juncture and where you are in your lifetime? What are you kind of going through right now? I think it's important to 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 share that as much as we share the light and the successes. And maybe maybe us talking through it kind of will be a little bit therapeutic, like who knows? But I'm really yes. always curious to know what people are going through in their lives because I think that we we have this tendency when we see somebody or see somebody that we know, we say, "Hey, what's up, man?" And then they say, "Ah, oh, nothing." Like it's it's not right. it's not really much going on there. Like we kind of are doing too much small talk, but at the same time, we don't want to do that pity party stuff either, unless you're inviting someone to say, "Pete, what are your pain points in life?" You don't want to just bring somebody down by talking through the stuff that you're going through that day, especially if they're having a, a great day. But I think that, yeah, you know me, I'm all about balance. So, you know, I like to talk about some things and some failures and some things that we learn from them because I'm sure there's some gold there. So what's some pain points you're going through, man? In the interest of balance, so some pain points I'm going through, I'll give you two. One is, like, what I find hard generationally right now in life. And then um, the other will be just what I'm going through personally. So personally... I'm going through, I really do have a great sense of failure um, right now and trying to gain back self-respect, self-trust, and just building into that because I feel like I've worked hard, like harder than anyone. You know, I always want to have like the ultimate work ethic at all times and then now I'm in the place where I like I've been doing entrepreneurship since you know for seven years really and I feel okay. like I don't have enough to show for it you know mm. and so this with this podcast and the book it's really going to detail my journey so far and it's like a restart to me like I kind of feel like a phoenix like okay we got to do it again another okay you know, you crash, you burn, it's time to start over again, you know, failed relationships, partnerships, failed uh, entrepreneurial efforts, some efforts that are still kind of in limbo. So figuring out what you, what I should keep, what I should get rid of, um, how to move forward, but also be reflective of the past. And like what we were talking about earlier with that, just oversaturation of information so it's like okay I read this book you know uh, it was initially my goal to read a hundred books this year Okay, uh, and I, I've since decided to not do that only because of the fact that I was reading them and I was sometimes just reading books because I'm like okay 
this book is like a three-hour audible book, right? So mm-hmm. I can knock that out pretty easily, no problem. And not always reading the books that I wanted to read or that I should have read, right? Right. Um, yeah, so it was becoming a hindrance. You know, it wasn't... Mm it wasn't actually fulfilling its goal like the goal the purpose behind that goal is to it was for me to gain self-respect like okay you want to write this book you need to read 100 books to show that you're an authority and you know what you're talking about and you've seen the marketing you've read all this and the truth is I've read a lot of books period throughout my lifetime I know the market I absorb information uh, at a high rate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. both from social media, through various websites, through magazine articles, uh, from talking with people, from looking at shows like The Prophet, from watching MSNBC and looking at the, their programming, right? So all that, you know, coinciding with like just struggling to be like, okay, am I really that guy? Is entrepreneurship really for me? Well, you know, I'm having this negative self-talk and that's what I truly, really struggle with. I have atrocious negative self-talk. And so um, what you're, you know, I'm asking you about environment and self-care and all that because I, I need to do a better job of putting myself in great environments and getting rid of the negativity and you know mm. you laid out a very those are things that just were resonating with me and that that's why your podcast resonates with me so much okay um, so helpful you know because it, it does have that feel that you're shooting for with like it's for yourself but it also it comes across like we're talking one-on-one like we are now Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Um, gotcha. So it's like I'm getting a uh, a pep talk from Darnell. Now I know you even better. So you know it, it reinforces the wisdom that you're providing throughout the audio of the podcast. But, gotcha, okay. gotcha. So that's point one. Point two would probably be. I for me it's relationship wise like it really is an odd climate right now. Um, mm. Dating wise, I'm actually I don't know. Yeah, I'll just talk about it really quickly. I'm actually working on some things about that um, and getting mm-hmm. that out there in the world um, on relationships and. Um, talking with some people about that, so I will probably do some some things related to that. Uh, but it, it's hard to navigate being an entrepreneur as well as trying to start a healthy relationship with someone. And there's just not a lot of... It, it just seems like we're in a paradigm shift when it comes to relationships and there's I I believe that there are new rules being written and 
or new rules that are being created, and we need to kind of figure out and navigate that. So I mm-hmm. think it's a very interesting environment um, as far as that, as far as really building uh, romantically or a lifestyle with another person. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Interesting, fascinating. I mean, to 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 your first point about the negative self-talk and, and if you feel like you should be further along, I can absolutely relate 1,000% with that side of feeling like you should be further along than, than where you are. But the beautiful thing is that every entrepreneur feels that way. No, Nobody that we look at as successful, you know, on our level or otherwise feels like they've made it and that they peaked and that they did everything that they wanted to do. Every single one of us, Tony Robbins, for all that he's achieved, still feels like he could be much further and stuff like that. Still is still going, still is hungry and stuff with it. And so there's that hunger, that, that spirit, that drive to just never be satisfied and never to be content. And I feel like that's a, that it is just a staple, a trait um, of true entrepreneurship is that feeling, um, that, that insatiable appetite that, that you must have. So I just, want, I just wanted to say that we all can relate. So we all feel exactly the same way. Um, I know that very well, and I feel like I should be 10, for, 10 years ahead of, of where I am now, or, or that I thought where I, where I am now at this age, at age 35, I, I thought that I would be much further than I am now. And then I realized that I am much further. It's just in different ways. It's not in the ways that I had planned it to be, right? Instead, instead, like my content is helping people like like not commit suicide and stuff. Like they people have told me that they've shared that with me. And I'm just like, wow. Like I've literally saved a life at some point. And something something that I wrote on that day resonated with that exact person at that time. And they lived a little longer because of that. You know, I don't know if they changed their mind after that point or if that was just how they felt at that day, but I'm glad that I saved them. And that is the, probably the greatest award that you can ever have and stuff in life is to kind of lead this earth better than you found it. And so the, the things that I had planned for myself and the accolades and stuff that I wanted and all of those things, yeah, those are success in different things, but I, I wasn't thinking about where, where would I be in my marriage life at that point and whether, like, how successful that would be. So I, I became successful in all of the other areas that I didn't consider rather than the ones that I had planned to. But that's the funny thing about life. That's why life happens to you. That's why, you know, they have that saying, you know, man makes plan. God, God laughs. Yeah, because because like forces beyond your control, regardless of what you believe, um, still chime in, and you still have to interact with people. You still have to. You can't live isolated, unless you want to live off the grid and be on a cottage somewhere and not have any internet connection and no social security number. Like you, completely off the grid with it. That's really about the only way that you're going to do, I guess, exactly what you set out to do completely because you have no human interaction. So if you can grow your own vegetation and have your animals and not need to be around people, 
boom, you fine if that's your goal. But for the rest of us, you're going to have things happen to you that you didn't foresee, that things that you didn't plan for. But that's great because we all going through it and we all still learning our way around it because none of us are perfect. With the negative self-talk, man, you know, though, though that's not something I do too much or have too much experience with, what I can say is that I feel like the antidote is to basically brainwash yourself into having positive self-talk. It's to like, it's to like pump that in your veins and in your ears all day long until that's all you believe, basically, because brainwashing is real. Anything that you condition yourself to, anything that you're around all of the time, is going to be what you become, what, what you end up believing about yourself. So I think it's just a matter of reconditioning. And it's a matter of facing probably some demons and maybe some skeletons. Who knows? Just things, things that you know what they are that, that kind of you where you even are even neg- negative self talking in the first place. Yeah. So to to go to kind of go through that really really uncomfortable journey and really get some stuff off your chest and and men men maybe some relationships or something like that whatever's going on and then you can get you can go through that therapeutic process of reconditioning to yourself to say you know what every time that I have this negative thought there is there is a positive side to this as well, too, because positive, the yin and yang of life does exist. That, that much is clear. It's like literally there. It's literally in energy and negative and positive equal force. It's just about balancing that out at that point. You can acknowledge the negative self-talk. It's okay. That's human. You just have to listen to that other. You got to listen to the angel on your shoulder as much as you listen to the demon at that point and say, okay, look. Y'all both going to be arguing back and forth. And yeah, I want to put this book out, but I'm afraid it's going to fail. I'm afraid that nobody's going to like it. I'm afraid they'll think it's stupid. I'm afraid that critics going to hate it. And then there's this other side of me that's like, yeah, I need to do this. Like Bulletproof Hustle podcast, man, I'm all pumped up. This dude wrote a book. I know I can do it too. It doesn't matter about whether or not it sells. I need to do it for myself. Just the process of going through the journey is going to enlighten me. You're going to have those two sides fighting and it's okay. Let that happen. Go through that process. Don't ignore the negative. You just gotta you just gotta remember the positive side too. And just to remember that no matter what, there there is success in everything that you attempt. Every single thing. No matter if it's a flop, no matter what it is, personal, professional, relationships, intimacy, anything. You got to experiment, man. You got to experiment within your time. You, you have to. It's the only way that you're going to know for sure whether or not what could be really could become a reality. It's the only way. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. I say this a lot. I love <laughs> that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, man. Like, truly. Darnell Brown out here helping the people, motivating people. You're exactly what the Trap Life brand and the Trap Life mentality is all about. So um super grateful for you. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. You have any other questions you want to throw out? Or 
Got, I know you I have do. stuff to do. We've been talking for a while. Yeah, we were talking. I don't, you gotta, you're gonna, I don't know how you're gonna chop and edit this, but you probably need to make this one multiple episodes. Yeah, you probably <laughs> will have to because we, 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 um, we're like, I think over three hours at this point. So you, yeah, I think you gotta chop this up into at least three episodes. Maybe. I do yeah. have, I, Cause I yeah, definitely we have, have like eight minutes too of this one. So we're at 82. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and we have such long answers and stuff like that, too, and there's so much to dive into, and I don't really want to, because I like going beneath the surface rather than I want to ask yes. something and get a quick answer, but I guess, um, I mean, just, I guess, in conclusion to this one, um, oh, man, okay, so I, I guess in conclusion to this one, I'm going to do... I'm going to try to do somewhat of like a lightning round, I guess, with you, just okay. to offer some contrast to all of these long, in-depth answers that we've given. Okay. Have, like, I just like going, that. This is new. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, like man. Hey. All right. So let's light lightning round. We're going to have some fun with it. All right. So first answer that comes to your mind, simple questions, I guess, like straightforward questions with like A or B answers. Okay. So... Pete, uh, Nikes or Timberlands? Nikes. Ooh, ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I read the book Nike by uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Shoe Dog. Yeah, I want to read that. Yeah. That's in my that's in my wish list too. By the way, uh, I right, check so, that one out. I will. Um, so next one, uh, coffee or tea? Tea. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Bad or bougie? Bad. <laughs> uh, uh, Mac or PC? Mac. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Mm. Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? Steve Jobs. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, let's see what else I got for you. Um... Lake house or beach house? Beach house. Mm. Uh, New York or LA? LA. Okay. All right. Um, and let me see if I got any few last ones for you right off the top of my head. Starburst or now laters? Probably Starburst. I don't know if I've had a now later. Oh, okay. You haven't had a now or later? Oh, an hour man, later? What is yeah, an hour later. It's like the it's like a candy that was very comp I mean very much a competitor of Starburst, but yeah, that was pretty popular here. I guess you might not have them there. Um yeah, no worries though. Uh check it out. Okay. If you can still find them, I don't even know if they're still in business or anything anymore. Um okay, and last one, the most important one, the most important one of the day. Most important one of the lightning round. <laughs> Kevin Hart or Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> oh! No, he didn't. See how we tied all back in? See how he learned from that first book to that second book? Second edition? Yeah, wow. man. Wow, okay. Uh... Huh, that's hard. I actually... I'm gonna go with both of them. 
Ooh, ooh you, you taking the easy way out. <laughs> All right, no, no, no. Okay, so I actually do. It's a trick question, by the way. It's totally a trick question. It's totally a trick question. <laughs> it has to be a trick question. Yeah, it is a trick question because they're not, they're not even. It's, it's like they're, they're similar in like career choices, but like nothing about like how they look or anything, or I guess. Their roles or something. something. Yeah, it's like okay. less, like so, less comparison. I actually watch um, Ballers. I've seen okay. every episode of Ballers, so I probably have to go with The Rock on that one. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Duly noted. Duly noted. Because there's a lot of Kevin Hart movies that I haven't seen yet. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I actually like his stand up more than his. Uh, than all of his movie choices, but you know that's just me. You know, make your money. Ooh, right. interesting, interesting. I, I, I feel the exact opposite of you. The exact okay. opposite. Okay. The exact opposite. I think and, most and, people feel the way you feel. Most people would prefer his movies rather than the stand up. They think the stand up is stale now, right? Yeah, and 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 I and I definitely feel like his his latest choices and like. Yo, yo. It cut off on us again, man. <laughs> yeah, that I think that yeah, that one was probably because it was closer to the limit, probably. Yeah. So, but um yeah, I uh <laughs> wanted to wrap up your answer because it kind of went out on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your and then you're, yeah, and you're, then, um we we can close out. So just another like three minutes or so. Yeah, so um yeah, yeah, I was I was mentioning I felt the exact same, kind of the opposite with uh, and especially with with um, with Kevin Hart's um, kind of his dramatic choices. And I think seeing him come outside of his comfort zone and not play like the same character, I, I like that. I like when people challenge themselves in that way. Um, and so yeah, uh, recently he's been in, like he was with. Uh, speaking of Breaking Bad earlier, he was with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with Brian Cranston for Brian the upside. Cranston. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a really good movie. That was probably yeah, that was certainly one of his probably if not his best role that he's played and stuff. And um, so I, I really we really thought that was a good movie, and I also liked him in that um, what was that the Wedding Planner? I thought that was a really good role too. And then of course with what he played in Central Intelligence. Um, with the rock because he kind of played against typecast. I like when characters play against typecast. Right. That's like really that's like really cool to me. And not all of them can pull it off. Not everybody can pull it off. But uh but uh yeah. So anyway, that was just me chiming in on that. And then what was Oh, so final question. Yes, sir. Will you come back on Prep Life? You know what? I I uh I think this is going to be uh a, a one and done. This will be my only time ever appearing on this podcast and I'm totally joking with you right now, man. Of course I'm going to come back, man. Of course I'm going to come back. 
you you sold that one though. You uh, you embodied that typecast. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I watch enough movies. I should know how to mess around with people a little bit. Um, I, I certainly watch enough of them, so maybe I learned some things and <laughs> and how to get people a little bit and prank them. So, uh, yeah, man. Absolutely down for coming back. Um, can't wait. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the invite in advance. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to learn even um, more about what's going on on your side and having some uh, some questions for you and stuff. Some more more than I have here. Um, and I'll I'll make sure to notate them a little bit so that I can keep them in mind and remember them as we go through the conversation. But looking forward, yeah, to learning more about you and uh, your podcast and goals and stuff uh, here on on the next time that we chat. Well, most definitely. Um, looking forward to chopping it up. And like I said, I will be talking to you off pod pretty extensively. So, and I will definitely be tuning in because I'm super obsessed with Bulletproof Hustle. <laughs> so we're going to get out of here because we've been talking for three hours a little bit before that, before we were actually recording. We're, we are entrepreneurs, so we do have other stuff that we have to do today. Um, so, But I do appreciate you being here and everything that we went through to make this podcast happen. So shout out to you, Darnell Brown, the legend himself, the man. Oh, man, not, not a legend, not a legend yet. Shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to you, though. Appreciate well, take take the legend in the making. How about that? Legend in the making. That's that's what I do it okay. for. And um, okay. And uh, yeah, very much appreciate it. Looking forward to, to to following your podcast and your journey and stuff as well. Thank you to you to the listeners who who checked out this episode and listened to us ramble on for so long. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would not be doing well in entrepreneurship if I did not plug where people can find more of my work. Right. Yes. Yes. Plug so away. So you you all can. That's what we call. Yeah, it. man. So you all can follow me on uh, on on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bulletproof Hustle, and you can find more of my work and more about the things that I have going on at bulletproofhustle.com. So that's uh, it from my side. And yeah, if you're already checking out podcasts, go ahead and check out Bulletproof Hustle uh, with Darnell Brown. That's my podcast. You can learn more there too. Uh, shout out again to uh, to Pete. Thanks so much for your time, your generosity, your amazing questions, your patience, and um, yeah, I'm just happy to, uh, to to just be a part of the journey, man. That's it. Well, I'm appreciative of you, and the journey continues, the hustle continues, and trap life continues. So, to we wish you Darnell, but and we wish you the people peace, prosperity, and purpose on your journey. Until next time. Until next time. Peace out, y'all. Hey, this is Sierra Nicole, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at Sierra Nicole Invest, or you can find me on Facebook at Sierra Nicole. I hope my experiences inspire you and remember dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, progress over perfection, dedication over distraction, and legacy over lost time. 
I am an entrepreneur. I am a leader. I am the power of empowerment. I am the lady of leverage. I am a Trump star. Hey, this is Charlotte Barrett, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected and make sure that you follow me over on social media by either typing in Charlotte Barrett or One Less Dress Connect. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, guys, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration. I am a speaker. I am an author. I am a mumpreneur and I practice empowerment. Peace and purpose on your journey, guys.